You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly in your ears. I am your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another installment of Blue Jays Fan Friday. Yay! All the fuzzy feelings that the Blue Jays have generated in the past couple of weeks reflected in the episode devoted to you, the fans. And, um, yeah, what what can you say, really, after... <laughs> After a game that I don't think anyone watched on Thursday, thank thank you Facebook for sparing me having to watch yet another lackluster series finale from the Blue Jays. I I, I swear they it's like they they decided the Blue Jays decided to play half that series and then they gave up. They're just like eh, done with this, done with the Angels. We're we're just gonna move on. And yeah, it, it was it was a frustrating game to follow. Uh, you're happy for legend Albert Pujols getting home run number six twenty one off of the now demoted Deck McGuire, <laughs> but no, there was there was nothing really good to take away from that game for Blue Jays fans aside from Dwight Smith's home run. Very happy for Dwight Smith. Um, we'll we'll talk about Dwight. Uh, we'll talk about Dak McGuire in the latter half of this week's episode, but I want to start with a with a tweet I got a couple of days ago from a, a relative newcomer to Twitter. Goes by Sport Guy. He's at Hardy1995, and he asked me what I thought about having Teoscar Hernandez hit second in the lineup thereby dropping Josh Donaldson and Justin Smoke down to three and four. Um, Hardy's reasoning was that uh, Teoscar has produced in that slot before, and it would provide a shakeup in the Blue Jays' lineup. And <laughs> let's, let's face it, the Blue Jays need to do something to that lineup because that lineup does not produce anything. Um, here, here was the main problem I had. With that argument, um, Teoscar Hernandez does not hit consistently enough to be a productive top of the lineup bat for the Blue Jays, and and the past couple games against the Angels have have illustrated that very well. Um, Teoscar batted leadoff in Wednesday's contest against the Angels, and you know he he was up there because. Uh, Curtis Granderson against lefties, you couldn't trust him to get on base. No one else in the lineup has any speed right now, aside from Kevin Pillar, who's who was hitting too well to be a leadoff guy at that point. So Teoscar got the job by default. And, you know, one for five day at the plate. It wasn't stellar by Hernandez's uh, standards. He, and... And again, you showed it late coming up. Uh, like he, he just he just couldn't really generate enough from that 
spot to justify being there. Even even the la- the last play, the, uh, the the failed sacrifice fly that he had, I, I can't really fault the Oscar for that. Cole Calhoun made an a, incredible play to turn that into two outs, but again, he just he was not producing from that slot. And then you saw it again yesterday. Uh, a, an 0 for 4 day, two strikeouts, two groundouts. You cannot have that kind of game from a guy who's in your top two slots, a guy who's supposed to get on the table. And 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 again, that's that's what T. Oscar is right now. He's he's a swing, he's a power threat. He has a bit of speed, but he cannot consistently hit with the bat. He has an on-base percentage of 297, which is just not good enough from the top of the lineup. How many Blue Jays teams have we seen in the past that have had guys leading the top of the lineup without being able to get on base like that? Honestly, the best leadoff guy Toronto has, probably the guy who batted leadoff in yesterday's game that no one saw, Dwight Smith Jr. Uh, he went one for four. He had that home run. But Dwight Dwight has been consistently hitting since he's been with the big club. Um, one for one for four day actually dropped his average down to 318, but he has the best OPS on the Blue Jays right now outside of Jay Happ. Uh, an OPS of 991 is very good, and and Lord knows the Blue Jays need someone who can hit for contact regularly. Another lackluster offensive output yesterday, o- only mustering five hits off the combined pitching strike force of. Nick Tropiano, Noe Ramirez, and Jose Alvarez. So having Dwight Smith Jr. there at least gives you that kind of consistent ability to get on base, to set tables for Josh Donaldson, for Jan Hervis Salarte, for Justin Smoke when he's in the lineup. I'm I'm actually far more comfortable with having Dwight Smith Jr. there, and it's going to make things very difficult for the Blue Jays, actually, when uh, bodies start coming back. I I'm not sure. I I think at this point you have to keep Teoscar Hernandez up because he's that consistent power threat. Power threat. You have to keep Teoscar Hernandez up because he's that consistent power threat. But I would argue Dwight Smith Jr. has earned the opportunity to be up here as well, and that's going to make things very interesting. Uh, we talked before about the possibility of designating Kendris Morales for assignment. The, the calls are only going to get stronger with today's news that Boston designated Hanley Ramirez today. That That's another first base DH type floundering on, on the waiver market who's making around $15 million. It, it's just more proof that teams are not they, – they aren't going to justify paying these salaries anymore and – and again, the Blue Jays have only really avoided that because they've had so many injuries there, and and Kendris might might be a casualty of that. And then again, that means White Switch Jr. gets to go up. Maybe John Gibbons has that guy he can stick in left field, and Steve Pierce shifts more into a bench bat role, into a guy who can spell first base, can spell the corner outfield, and and just kind of kind of sits there as that righty mashing option off the bench for the Blue Jays. I I would be in favor of that because again, I like what Dwight Smith Jr. has done for this team. I like what he gives this team. And he 
would be a a nice fit in that lead-off role. And Hardy went on after after we continued our conversation, saying he he's not really comfortable with Kevin Pillar in the five spot, and and we can talk about Pillar too because Pillar did not have a good series against the Angels. Really regressed back to the mean. He he's in like an O. I believe an O for nineteen, O for twenty slump now for Kevin Pillar. His average has plummeted down to to two eighty three. I I'm not sure if a move to the leadoff slot would help Pilar, but if he's starting to crash back down to earth, it, it might be time to maybe maybe look at him going back down the lineup. I, again, I don't know who you put up there because because you you look at the guys hitting behind Kevin Pilar the past couple days. Kendris Morales 180 average, Russell Martin 153 average, Gio Urshela. He got a hit to boost his to 190, so good for him. Devin Travis got a hit to go up to 157. Again, these are not guys you can rely on in the upper half of the lineup. And 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 the only guy who had to average close to Pilar was Luke Maley at 303. And again, two strikeout day for Luke Maley. Luke Maley's not Superman. We can't rely on him sustaining the the rate of war generation that he had. So there's not much choice other than to put Kevin Pillar in that five slot with some of the bats being out again, as, as the summer goes, goes on and some of these guys get healthier. Maybe you, you look at dropping Pillar in the lineup. Maybe, maybe you look at putting Pillar in that leadoff slot. If Dwight Smith Jr. Doesn't stick around just, just to try and, and show some faith in him, maybe generate something. But the, the blue Jays lineup has been a mess because of all these injuries. And that actually leads nicely into the second half of our podcast episode today, which will come right after this message. Okay, so we've talked about the issues that the Blue Jays have had with keeping people healthy and, and going through players at the rate that someone swipes through Tinder potential. Is that is that the phrase for it? I don't know. I haven't been on Tinder in forever. So I I got a question from uh Diane at BW Princess72 when co- commenting about the play of Gio Urshela, who has been rather underwhelming since joining the Blue Jays organization. He had that one home run, and that's it, and that seems to be par for the course for the Blue Jays. You you come, you hit a home run, you you head out. Um when I when I said when I talked about Gio Urshela, Diane was like, he'll be gone in a game or two, isn't that what happens now? And yes, yes, that is what happens now because the Blue Jays just again keep churning through people. So Diane noted that a little consistency in the organization might make winning easier to come by because then, you know, you're, you're more operating as a team as opposed to just a a selection of random people being brought in to play a game. Um, Diane has a good point, but unfortunately for the Blue Jays, they haven't had much say in the matter with the, the battery of injuries that have hit this team. Again, uh, you look at the guys who are supposed to be coming off the DL within the next couple of weeks. Randall Grichuk's got in a couple of of rehab games down in Dunedin. Steve Pierce, 
supposed to be working through that oblique issue. Um, Elemis Diaz, hopefully going to come back from his ankle soon. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki, who I think people have just plain forgot about. And maybe by choice, maybe not. But he's he's resumed baseball activities as well. So he might be able to come back within the next month or so. And and just this consistent churn. It's it's natural for a team as old as the Blue Jays. Because I, I think people forget that this is the oldest team in baseball. It was the oldest team last year. And it didn't get much younger with with the acquisitions that have been put out there. And older players are going to get hurt a lot. And you're you're going to have these guys that have to keep churning up. Now, the Blue Jays have been incredibly churny. I mean, design, designating Richard Urania, cycling through Anthony Alford, Dalton Pompey, Dwight Smith Jr., Gifton Gope, Gio Urshela. The merry-go-round just keeps going. And we're starting to see it slow down a little. Like, Urania was designated for assignment. I'm not sure he's going to get plucked like Carlos Ramirez was because Urania has shown nothing even even at a triple-A level. So I, I don't think he's in danger of being claimed. But And then you look at the pitching, too. Again, today, Deck McGuire was sent back to triple-A. He's just the latest one. They've, they've churned up Joe Biagini, Sam Gavilio, Tim Meza, uh, Jake Petrica. I, I'm not sure how much longer Petrica has. He he did all right in the in mopping up Tyler Clippard's mess, but he still has an ERA above six, and he gives up way too many hits. But this consistent churn is just emblematic of a of the problem that the Blue Jays have faced. They don't have enough consistent contributors to be an effective team right now. We've seen it once the injury rash hit. It was pretty much all downhill from there for the Blue Jays. They lost Richuk, they lost Diaz, they lost Pierce. And their effectiveness went down. The offensive production went down. The rotation got worse because Joe Biagini got stuck in there. I, again, you hope with the return to health that you might start seeing the kind of consistency that Diane and other Blue Jays fans are craving. But it's really hard to generate that when, again, you consistently have to replace people who who hit the DL who are completely ineffective, and it it will remain to be seen. and And it might not be the last of it, even if everyone gets back to healthy. Because if the Blue Jays can't turn around from this, if again they are starting a lengthy road trip against Philadelphia and Boston, and those are two very good teams, then they have Detroit. Detroit. Let's let's beat up on Detroit. Blue Jays have a very good record against the AL Central this year. So they're they're going to be running into teams that are absolutely going to put the hurt on them. And you have to wonder what the Blue Jays are going to be at the end of it. They're they're three games under five hundred now. There's a very real potential they could be seven, eight games under five hundred by the end of this. So once it gets to that point, then the Blue Jays have to start looking forward. And when the front office was building this team, it was very clear that they they were loading up on on pieces for this year that if things fell apart, they could start trading off. And the big piece that's going to be traded off is Josh Donaldson. Make no mistake about it. He's he's not coming back to Toronto. I I am certain of that. So Josh Donaldson's going to be on the market. He's going to be traded. But that's not the only one. You're going to see guys like Curtis Granderson 
on the trade market. Steve Pierce will be on the trade market. Um, uh, Jaime Garcia, if if the Blue Jays can find a taker for him. Marco Estrada may be on the trade market. He's on an expiring deal. All these bullpen pieces. There, there are a lot of players on one-year deals that the Blue Jays will start offering up, and it's just going to be more and more churn. Now, this churn might be beneficial to the 2019 Blue Jays in that it may get guys up like Ryan Barucki. Um, it may get up a Rowdy Telez. It it may even get up, dare I say it, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Ah. Oh. I, I avoided being struck by lightning by suggesting that Vlad Guerrero Jr. should be up with the Blue Jays club like everyone else. But yeah, it, unfortunately, it's not going to be the last of the churn we see from this Blue Jays team, especially given the position they're in. And it's it's a shame, but it, it, it is sadly, it is what it is with with this Blue Jays team. It's it's going to be one that's continually in flux. It's a transition kind of team as they shift from the era of... They, they officially close the door on the era of Bautista and Encarnacion and Donaldson and start to move forward towards a new era of Guerrero, of Bichette, of Pearson and Reed Foley, of guys guys who can come up and should be able to be good for this Blue Jays team for a while. But it does not make it any easier to watch the Blue Jays go through games like they did this week. Or or not watch them. Because again, that that Facebook this whole Facebook thing has been stupid. Like it's it's like signing an endorsement deal with Ford to advertise their Broncos right before the OJ Simpson chase. Like that like after after that came out with Facebook, it was just it was just bad. And and um, Jason from the Couch Radio co-host Wade Black, I think, noted that there were there were about 20,000 people watching it on Facebook, something like that. And the projected attendance of that game on Thursday was like 40,000. So when when your home crowd is doubling up, the the viewers that you're getting, maybe it's time to end that experiment. Because I know Facebook's trying trying so hard to be this kind of multimedia platform and try and get as many views as possible, but it's just going about it entirely the wrong way, and it's not smart. So I look forward to hopefully MLB getting it through their heads that this was a bad idea, and hopefully we don't have to deal with Facebook anymore but i don't know it, it takes sometimes it it takes learning a lesson like that like having having your viewing crowd outnumbered by your in-person crowd maybe mlb likes it maybe it's like yeah it'll drive them to the game because they can't watch it on tv maybe that's their nefarious plan i don't know doesn't it's not gonna get me there i can't go a thousand kilometers and attend a game that's that's just not good for me so i i i don't know i hope it closes the book on a facebook experiment experience so i can see games like that one and just get my vitriol up in a proper manner but for now we have reached the end of another installment of blue jays fan friday thank you to sports guy thank you to diane 
for your questions and comments. And yeah, if you want to get involved like those two people did, hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18. I'm always down for a conversation about the Blue Jays. You can follow this podcast at Locked On Jays and check out the website at LockedOnBlueJays.com for for your, all your aggregate Blue Jays needs. And check out the fine folks at JaysFromTheCouch.com. We should have one of them on tomorrow to kind of wrap up this week. I'm doing a special Saturday episode because of the internet issues on Monday because we weren't able to get that out. So special weekend edition of Locked on Jays will be coming at you tomorrow. So don't you guys miss it. But for getting to the end of this one, thank you so much for doing so. Thank you so much for listening. So for the crew at Locked on Blue Jays, I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. Y'all take care.